Here's a sneak peek from today's episode. We have a recommendation in Epcot. Try to book dinner reservations at either the Rose and Crown um, in the UK or the La Hacienda de San Angel in Mexico during the fireworks. So just check the fireworks times and see if you can get a reservation there. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do, those who want to learn more about travel, or even those that just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you fall along this journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on earth. This is part three of a three-part series on traveling to one of our favorite places, Walt Disney World. If you've ever been to Disney before, you probably already know how intimidating it can be. But follow along and we'll help you plan like a pro. This final installment is if you're traveling to Disney either alone as a senior adult or maybe you have senior adults traveling with you for a family trip. Use these tips to help devise a strategy for visiting the parks, tips for dining and nightlife both in and out of the park, and choosing the best time to visit. So pack your bag and come with us to one of the most magical places on earth. I think we're probably pushing people's comprehension of whether senior adults ever go to Disney without kids. And once again, my answer is solidly, yes, they do. Uh, More often than not, though, they will be there as part of a family group. But it isn't uncommon to see groups of seniors in the park together. If you're a senior that is trying to decide whether or not to book that trip and experience the magic of Disney, listen in, make a plan, and book the trip. You're never too old to experience the magical feeling when you enter through those gates of Disney World and dive straight into the sights, sounds, and smells of Main Street, USA. And if you're planning a trip that will include taking a senior adult with you to the park, these tips will help you to make the trip as easy as possible, and allow everyone to enjoy a memorable experience in the parks. On the previous episode, I talked about the t-shirts that said, I'm done adulting, I'm going to Disney. This week, we're going to focus on the ones that say, grandma, grandpa, or any other terms of endearment. So Scott, it makes me think about how the reason that Walt Disney wanted to create Disneyland in the first place is that he didn't really have a place he would take his girls places on Saturday mornings and he'd have a place where he could do things with them. So he would take them to the park and watch them play or ride the carousel. And so that was his original inspiration for Disneyland. And so I think just thinking about seeing grandparents and senior adults with children and their families and seeing them ride everything together and stuff like that, it just kind of brings that full circle about Walt Disney being able to now provide that to families and kids and seniors. So a couple of years ago, we did a trip with our granddaughter and invited Scott's parents to join us. His parents are divorced and both remarried, so we split the trip into two parts, half of the week with his mom and the other half with his dad. Both of them are in their upper 70s, so the use of a scooter was definitely a blessing. And so we're going to talk more about that later specifically. And so as we talk um, today, one of the first things we want to start out with similar to the shows that we did for visiting with children and going as adults is a strategy for planning your visit to the parks. And I would just say, let's address that scooter topic right out. 
Yeah. So Disney is a lot of walking. I think we've referenced this before, but we've clocked as many as 13 miles in a day, um, just walking around the parks and getting to the parks. I mean, that's a half marathon. And depending on the time of the year, it can definitely be hot and humid. So if you have any doubt, rent the scooter. And so, yes, I would say that you could rent scooters in the park, but we definitely recommend that you rent them from an outside source because it's going to be a whole lot cheaper. I think they're $50 a day in the park and you have to actually have to get to the park and then go rent it and they may not have them available. So we rented ours from Buena Vista Rentals and from there they can deliver it to the hotel. Um, you can go there and pick it up if you have a way to transport it. So we just recommend that. And let me tell you why. So we had rented one for Scott's mom um, and her husband, Scott's stepdad, was just like, oh, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. And the first day we went to Magic Kingdom, Transportation and Ticket Center, and then just having to get to the park. And already it was very apparent that we were going to need another scooter. And we didn't get there super, super early, and they were already out of scooters for the day. And so um, we had to get a wheelchair, and that was, um, and that can be difficult. So I would say just rent one and plan, you know, plan ahead, um, and we'll have some other tips on that too. Well, so what we ended up doing is we ended up calling the Buena Vista Rentals again, and they had actually, they delivered a second one to our hotel. So we actually did rent um Rent one and it was fine, but you may get in a situation where if you don't plan ahead. So I would definitely say plan ahead. And so also the second thing is unless you need the deluxe model, um, the smaller scooter seemed to work just as well. So we had one that was like the deluxe model and then we had to get like a fold up one because um, we were having to transport it by car. And so they kind of scare you by saying the battery doesn't last as long. And so um, and we found that it did and it was great um, and better. They were better and faster than the ones that you could get um, inside the park. The other thing I would say about the smaller model is it seemed to be one that you could, you, you just take the battery out and then it folds up and then it would be easy to put in the trunk of a car or something like that to transport if you didn't want to take the uh, Disney transportation and you wanted to drive yourself, then you can use that, that scooter that way. Yeah, so definitely um, look into that. And it was it was way more um, cost effective. Um, so another strategy. So more than likely, most seniors are probably going to be mostly interested in Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Um, they are the oldest parks and that could have some nostalgia for them as well. There's also less known for the thrill rides. Um, even though there's some in these parks, but a lot of things that they could do um, with the family um, and with kids as well. So some parks are walkable from certain resorts. And so this is definitely a benefit if you're dealing with scooters. So the scooters will go on all of the Disney transportation. Um, so they can go on the buses as well. Monorail, obviously the boats um, and the Skyliner. The only thing about with the buses is they can only really fit a certain number on each time. So if at a certain time, like there's a whole lot of scooters waiting to do the bus that you're trying to get on, you may have to wait through multiple buses. Yeah. And I think it's like two at a time. So, you know, just think about it. If you're a party that has two scooters, you take up all the available space for scooters on, on that bus. Well, if there's people in front of you who are similar you may end up having to wait multiple buses to be able to get on a bus to go wherever it is you're going. I know it just sounds like we hate the bus system at Disney, 
but there are some definite drawbacks that you should be aware of if you're not used to the Disney transportation options. So for those two parks, then, um, if you have the ability to stay close to the Magic Kingdom and utilize either walking and, and having the person ride the scooter from the contemporary or using that monorail, because on that monorail, the scooters can just scoot right in one on each um, like on each section of the monorail. So for the Magic Kingdom, um, the Contemporary or the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian, um, also the boats from Wilderness Lodge as well. And then, of course, Epcot and Hollywood Studios go utilizing the Boardwalk, the Yacht Club, the Beach Club, the Swan and Dolphin and Swan Reserve, or some of those resorts that would utilize the Skyliner to get to those. So Riviera and Caribbean Beach, um, Pop Century, some of those would be great. Skyliner is the same way. It can just roll the... Um, it can roll the scooter right on. And they've even designed the Skyliner to where they have for the ones that have scooters or handicap access, they can scoot them around and stop them on the places where you get off and get on the Skyliner. Yeah. So a recommendation is to think about where it is that you want to spend your time, which parks you want to spend your time in, and then choose your hotel based on that. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, yes, go to Animal Kingdom, but probably like don't think about going there a whole bunch of times because you are going to do have to do the bus no matter where you go um, from Animal Kingdom. Well, the one good thing about Animal Kingdom, I would say, is that since it's not as popular of a park as the others, you know, chances are and and they also don't have like the nighttime fireworks running into those really peak times where you know, a lot of people are going to be waiting for the the bus. That one's probably not as big of a deal, but it's definitely a big deal at the really large and very popular theme parks, you know, that, that will have a lot of guests there and potentially a lot of guests who are using these scooters and so forth. And that's true. And that's a good point. Like, so for example, when the Epcot fireworks let out and you are relying on that Skyliner to get back to some of those um, resorts, you might have to wait for a while. Whereas if you are at Yacht Club or Beach Club or Boardwalk, you could just scoot right on back to the hotel. So that's definitely a good point. You know, one of the other things that I think we would recommend as you're planning out your your stay and the things that you're going to do is consider the physical abilities when you're planning for number of days or which parks you want to visit. Uh, this is really similar to our recommendations that we made about families visiting with small children. You may want to consider a break during the day with your senior adults as well. I would say choose a few things that you want to do in the morning, ret- return to the resort for lunch, um, and let them have a break and a nap out of the heat or go sit by the pool, you know, or enjoy a, you know, enjoy a swim or with the kids or sit by the pool. Um, and then go back to the park in the afternoon and choose a few more things on your list of things to do. And throughout the day, especially when it's hot, just continually be drinking plenty of water. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that many of our seniors may not be used to is having to continuously drink water throughout the day. But when they get here in this heat and humidity, it is such a a critical thing for them to do. Right. Yeah. I think you just don't, um, you don't realize that the toll that takes on you. And so I think if you're mindful from the get go of having that water bottle and the good thing about the scooters is they're going to have some kind of basket where, um, you know, they can carry the water bottle and stash things, um, and stuff like that. My parents, I think they would have spent a lot more time 
there with the park mostly because they were there with their great granddaughter and that was super special to them. But I think if you go and ask them right now is they will tell you just the few days that they were with us going to these parks, it took a physical toll on them. They were pretty exhausted by the end. And so while they had a wonderful time, they enjoyed it. They made lots of great memories to this day. They even still talk about that uh, when we get together, but just remember that it does, it does take a lot out of them to be so active and, you know, there's lots of people there and it's just, it's a lot of things going on inside these parks. Yeah. And a couple of things that we did when they were with us is that we did not park hop. We stayed in a park. Um, and then we also prioritized some sit down meals at lunchtime just so that they could have a break inside. Um, and, um, it was October, but still it was quite warm out of the heat. And we were also staying, we were staying off, off campus. So it wasn't easy for us to necessarily go back um, during the day. So that's just something to think about is if you're not staying in one of the resorts, maybe think about planning a sit down lunch um, rather than doing quick serve. Spend a little bit more time during lunch, you know, sitting down. But that gives them a time to rest and relax a little bit as well. Right. And just like we've mentioned before in the other episodes, understand that there is just no way is it possible to do everything. And so just pick the things that are going to create lasting memories. And so like if you're helping to plan this trip, maybe ask them and if they've been before, like what are some of the things that you remember that you would like to do again? Um, and just some things that you would enjoy with your um, with your grandchild, because you have memories of going to Disney with your grandfather. Yeah, I love to ride. It's a small world. I just, I remember riding that with my grandfather and he would just belt out the song all the way through. And that was one of his favorite rides at Disney. Okay, so being in a scooter does not automatically qualify you to use the disability access system. So there are certain requirements that must be met because in most of the parks, most of the rides, you can take scooters actually all the way through the queue. There's a few that you can't. And so there's a couple of things that you can do um, prior to your trip, and you can go on the Disney website and get this information. But prior to the trip, you can call the disability access service um, and set up an appointment. Your senior would have to be on the phone with them and set up an appointment and they can talk to them about the requirements. Um, the other thing that you can do if you don't do it ahead of time is you can visit one of the, um, the guest services tent and just talk to them. Um, and then the cast member actually will just make the determination um, about whether you need that or not. And basically it works the same or similar way of Genie Plus um, is that then you can select one ride at a time to, to go back. But there are certain things like Small World um, that you you have to have to transfer, but most of the rides that you you don't. Um, so that one would be handled individually if you get to the front of that line. And and we always recommend that you pay for the Genie Plus, but you might want to consider if your senior, uh, if you or your senior adult, you don't ride the rides. Maybe you have a physical condition that prevents you from doing so. Don't pay for the Genie Plus for those individuals, right? Only. Only buy it for those who are going to be riding all of the different rides throughout the day. Right. And so that's, um, you know, they may just want to be there with the kids and to see the shows. Um, so there are a number of rides that 
um, aren't recommended for people with heart, back, or neck conditions. But there's also plenty of comrades um, that can be joined by all ages and all conditions. And a lot of those are on the Genie Plus. So you'll just have to look at um, the list of rides and um, all that information is in the app and just decide before you go whether that's something that you want to want to get or not. And as always, <laughs> it doesn't matter what what age you are. If you're an adult, you're a child, you're a senior, go to the shows. Those are some of the best parts of Disney that I think that get missed out. And so I'm talking things like the the Tiki Room, the Country Bears, you know, the Hall of Presidents, you know, all of those shows because they don't show up in the app because there's no wait time for them. And so make sure that you're um, you're searching those out. They are um, listed inside the app as part of the attractions. They just won't have they won't be in the section where it includes wait times. So, you know, make sure you go and check those out and enjoy them. The the laugh floor over in Disney, that's one of my favorite things. It's an interactive, like, comedy show, and they pick people in the audience, and they make them part of the show, and you have the ability to submit your own jokes um, to it. And if you missed out on some of those things, you know, I, I would just hate to know that you missed out on them because you weren't aware that they were there. Right. And that one actually, um, it's interesting because I don't understand the rhyme or reason about when they show up in the app. That one actually does show up in the app and is available for Genie Plus, although I wouldn't use a Genie Plus on it because the, the wait time is never more than about 10 or 15 minutes, which is really like the time for the next show. Um, so just be aware of some of those things to do. And um, in Epcot, in ev- almost every country, there's some kind of show as well. If, if, if there's not a ride there, there's a show um, that everybody the whole family might enjoy. And I would also say this is a great opportunity if you are there and it is very hot, you can get in out of the heat for a little while. If it's raining, it's a great place to duck into the rain and or out, duck in out of the rain, I should say. But check those out and um, make sure to, to let us know how much you enjoyed those after hearing this. So So if you are able to stay for fireworks or nighttime shows, uh, we have a recommendation in Epcot. Try to book dinner reservations at either the Rose and Crown um, in the UK or the La Hacienda de San Angel in Mexico during the fireworks. So just check the fireworks times and see if you can get a reservation there. I also think looking at the one, um, and we didn't mention this before, but looking at the one in Morocco as well. Um, would be another place where you could look and see um, if you could get yeah, seating. Yeah, we have, haven't done that one for fireworks, so I, I didn't even think about that. So um, while we're talking about that, let's talk about some other tips for dining and then nightlife. One of the things, and we've said this on the previous episodes as well, but this is something important to remember for someone who you know maybe needs to have that meal first thing in the morning, right? So if breakfast is a big is a big part of the day and getting started with a cup of coffee and something to eat, just know that there aren't a there's not a huge selection of breakfast options in the park. And so if you need that, our recommendation is that you grab something to eat before you go to the park. 
Right. And most of the hotels, well, all of the hotels are going to have some kind of quick serve option. And then some of them are going to have some sit dine dining options. So it just kind of depends on how much time you want to spend um, to do that as well. So they'll have coffee options inside your hotel room as well. And so you could also bring along a few things from home um, if that would be enough to tide them over. And you can get some quick serve options in the park. Um, it's just sometimes if that's not like the the priority to then get into the park and having to find the dining and, you know, sit down and do that instead of kind of getting started on, on rides that can kind of eat up a chunk of your time as well. And so I, I think I would recommend that you book your dinner reservations in the park. This prevents you from doing so much back and forth in and out of the park. And it gives you a little bit more time to spend there in the park as well. So uh, I think, you know, if you're going and you're taking a senior you know, all of the back and forth may be a little too much. So consider making dining reservations or dinner reservations there in the park. Yeah. And then one place that your mom really enjoyed was that Crystal Palace um, inside Magic Kingdom. And now it's gotten back to being the full character experience. Um, and so, you know, grandma and grandpas really enjoy those character meals too. And watching those babies with the, you know, getting to hug and see the characters as they come around. You know, we would also like to just remind you that Epcot has a number of food and drink festivals throughout the year, and that's a great opportunity to eat and drink around the world with just small bites, right? It's not something real filling. It's just something kind of light that you can have, and you can try several different things all around the world. Yeah, and one recommendation with that is maybe try to time your eating for that day. So like if you're trying to go to all those booths, like right at lunchtime, that's probably gonna be the busiest time or right at dinner time. So if you maybe kind of like, you know, have some snacks and offset that just a little bit, um, especially if you have those scooters and, you know, trying to go through the line and juggle that. So in addition to Epcot and some of the sit down um, dining options inside the parks, you may also want to check out some of the Michelin recommended restaurants. Um, there's lots of signature dining at many of the parks and resorts. So if you're celebrating a special event, go check one of those out. Um, we did go through this in the episode where we were talking about um, Disney with adults. So you might want to go back and listen in on that one um, where we gave some of those recommendations. But if you are using Genie Plus and you want to do a lot of things, you'd probably want to do a quick serve meal um, at either lunch or dinner because the sit down meals usually take about an hour and a half to two hours. And when you are eating in the park and doing some of the quick serve meals, don't forget to make use of the mobile app. Um, for the online ordering. And that way, especially with scooters and things like that, it'll just be easier to pre-order that. And you can pre-order that at any time. And then once you're ready um, and, and go there, you hit I'm here and, and have somebody go and pick that up. So that can be a great option as well. So in addition to all of the restaurants and quick serves that are inside the parks and resorts, there's also Disney Springs, which is a great option for food and nightlife of all ages. And it can be reached by bus from all resorts. And so remember, though, if you have that scooter with you, consider driving and parking there at Disney Springs. If you have a car, if you have a rental car or something like that. But if not, I mean, the bus is, you know, definitely the option or you could take um, 
like an Uber or a minivan or something like that as well. So there, there are 68 restaurants of all types and price ranges. And just to point out, you can make reservations for a lot of those restaurants inside the Disney app, but a lot of those do show up on um, open table and things like that. So if you aren't able to snag a reservation, um, look at some of the other apps as well. Um, there's shopping, 98 shops, house of blues, there's a movie theater, um, and a bowling alley as well. And this is a place that we like to recommend. Um, if you want to maybe split and have like a non-park day, so do parks for a couple of days and have a, like a rest day, non-park day. Um, you could like have time at the pool and just resting and then go to Disney Springs in the afternoon and grab dinner and stuff like that as well. So wanted to point out that the Disney dining plan is coming back um, starting on January 9th of 2024. Um, so currently it will be an add-on cost, but that does give you the feel of an all-inclusive vacation. Um, so if you're looking at booking a um, park and ticket package, that's something that you can add on to your vacation package at this time after January 9th, 2024. So let's talk about the best time to visit. So if you and your family have flexibility in their schedule, uh, we definitely recommend September after Labor Day, um, May before Memorial Day, and in January between um, like right after Christmas. uh, But just be sure that it's not on the Run Disney event weekend or on the MLK holiday weekend. Those do tend to be um, busy. And that also tends to be the coolest time of the year, even more so than um, January. So just kind of look at the weather and prepare for potentially um, low temperatures as well. Um, if you can, which I mean, if you're if you're having a, a family trip and you've got kids in school and stuff like that, um, you may not be able to, but try and avoid times for school breaks. Um, but we would recommend like a winter break in February or a fall break, probably over spring break. So many people tend to have that spring break um, at the same time, right around Easter. So summer is questionable. Um, just know it's going to be hot. Um, there is uh, the likelihood of afternoon thunderstorms, which um, you just may feel like a little bit more of a challenge. Um, I know there was one time in particular that, you know, we like to just be like, put on our ponchos and keep going. And I know your mom and them kind of question, like, should we go back to the hotel? And, you know, having the scooter and stuff like that, they weren't so keen on staying out in the rain like we normally do. So, um, and of course, around Christmas, you can see all the parks decorated and they're a full splendor. And I know that, you know, usually seniors just really enjoy that time of the year and spending that with their family. So that's a great way that you could do for like, um, you know, a holiday gathering as well. Do it at Disney. Um, the week between Christmas and New Year's can be busy, but again, you'll get to see the Christmas decorations and then also the special fireworks and shows and parades that they kind of use during the Christmas party. Um, at least that's the way it's been in the past. They use at the Christmas parties before that um, are kind of used uh, for everybody um, but in that week as well. So, and if you're going during a peak time or when it's going to be hot, I would just say to schedule more days. And again, remember that it's impossible to do everything in a single visit as well. So look forward to a return visit. Remember that beginning in August um, and then all the way through Christmas, it kind of starts the Halloween parties and then goes straight into the Christmas parties at Magic Kingdom. And um, they're having Jollywood nights at Hollywood Studios. And um, so just be sure to bring a festive costume for the Halloween party between August and the very, very beginning of November. So Scott, what other tips can you think of? We have a few. And I would just say very quickly, buy the Genie Plus. If you're going to be riding rides, you're not going to regret it. 
buy the photo pass and use it constantly. Uh, these are great memories you're going to have for a long time. It even includes like the ride photos. So sometimes when they catch you with that funny face, you know, like on the Tower of Terror when the bottom drops out and they take the picture, right? So make sure to get the photo pass. Um, one thing on that is you only need one person to buy the photo pass and then everybody in your party can take advantage of it. Now, everybody else is going to have a watermark on theirs, but the the person who bought it can download those pictures and share them out with everybody else. So, And that's just a great way, especially if you're doing like a multi-generational trip. I mean, just a great way to have those pictures with everybody and you're not having one person. Okay, this person takes the picture and you've got everything together. And um, we've got some really cool ones with like some magic shots. And um, we even, you know, told our the great grandparents, Hey, you know, like if we were going off and doing a ride and doing rider swap and stuff, and, um, they were good about, you know, finding the photographer and getting some of those magic shots just with their great granddaughter and stuff like that. So that was, um, really neat. And Scott, I want to go back to something you said about Genie Plus. So don't think, you know, Genie Bus is just going to be for the roller coasters and stuff like that. So if you want to do a small world and you want to ride Peter Pan with, and things like that, those rides, tend to get like really, really long. And so yeah, those can be Pan. great. Yeah. Peter Pan and Winnie the Pooh. And some of those are still, you know, long wait times during the day. Um, and so those can be great uses, you know, not just the roller coasters that most people might think of. Yeah. That's a really good point. I would also say magic bands make park entry and lightning lane so much easier. Uh, seniors won't have to fiddle with the park tickets on their phones. Just make it easy for them. Um, and if you're staying on property, these also be your room key and you can pay with them. So, you know, having that magic band is just something that will make their experience, you know, that much easier and, you know, maybe more magical of how all of that stuff just works together. And so I would, I would recommend that. And I would even add, since they were doing like, so they were there four days, you know, one group was there four days and then we had the other group there four days and we we're like, oh, you know, we don't really need it, but we did use Genie Plus some. And I think what, half a day in and Scott's going to the gift shop and getting mad. He's like, okay, getting magic bands because it's just, it's a lot to get the phone and try to, you know, find the ticket. And then if the technology doesn't work right, it's just like, okay, we're going to, uh, we're going to get these magic bands. And then they've got a little souvenir that they can, you know, take and show off as well. And then I would just remind you, there's going to be lots of walking. This one, I would say, uh, is pretty important. Start preparing for that about six weeks prior to your trip. Start going on daily walks and make those walks increasingly longer if you can. And then that way, when you get there, you're already a little bit prepared um, for the walking. So call this Scott's uh, Couch to Disney uh, training course, right? Go out every day, do some walking, and every day try to increase the distance by just a little bit. And I will say that, so when we had the scooters, the cast member, as we were like getting up to the front of the line, they would ask, can you walk from here to here? Or, you know, can you transfer? Because there are some rides, um, not all of them, but there are some rides where um, they may have to transfer to a wheelchair um, if they can't walk at all. Um, so there are option, some options like that. So you could ask the cast member, but they would always be very um, gracious and courteous and say, okay, can you transfer? Can you walk? Um, how far can you walk? Um, when getting on and off the different rides as well. And so, Melissa, to close this out, what do they need to pack in their park bag for the day? 
So always plan for rain ponchos. I mean, we have been fortunate there sometimes that we have gone and there hasn't been any rain, but if you're planning like summertime, um, and I would even say like that time we went in October, we had a little bit of rain. So plan on those rain ponchos rain ponchos um get those battery packs and cords for charging your phone everybody's going to want to you know take pictures and um videos and be in the app and also those reusable water bottles that keep your things really really cold and you can refill those um, at some of the water stations and then also at quick serve they'll give you cups of water Um, bring along some snacks too um just in case, um, you know, people have, you know, need a snack and have some blood sugar issues or, or whatever. You have some things that they can snack on until you can get them something to eat. Um, sunscreen and lip sunscreen um, can be useful like throughout the year because of that sun in Orlando that they may not be used to. But other than that, lightweight clothing for most of the year, um, warmer clothes or even lightweight jackets and things like that. Um, and then any medication that you need during the day as well. If you do this correctly, the seniors will have a blast and will create lasting memories of the time you spent together. Remember, this trip is about having fun and creating fun memories. Don't put too much pressure on yourself and sweat the small details. Make sure that you take lots of pictures to capture those great memories. And with every episode, our goal is to share our experience and hopefully encourage someone to achieve their own travel goals. If you have a memory of a Disney trip with your favorite senior adults that you want to share with us and other listeners, drop us a note or leave us a comment. Part of the fun is sharing these travel experiences with others. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Make sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes as they are released. You can find us on Instagram as Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember that it's travelers with one L. Most importantly, share it with your friends and help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companions.